What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast here on this Tuesday. We were going to do it yesterday. Work caught up to us, so we decided to put it off a day. Nonetheless, we are here to talk about the dub that was at Murray State, one that we really, really needed. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch and Noah. I said on the preview, I wasn't able to keep, I kept up with it, wasn't able to watch it fully. I'd be lying if I said I did, wasn't watching the first couple plays, and we started off really strong in this game. You watched most of it. You did the tweeting duties, did a good job. We'll talk a lot about this game. And even in the margin of victory that we would have liked to have, what we predicted to have, this one kind of felt like a weird one, though. Not that it felt like a loss at all, but it kind of, you know, momentum-wise, you still won by that big margin, like I said. But just the feeling we have is kind of odd going into the biggest game of the year. Noah, what's going on? Yeah, just one you had to. I mean, obviously coming off an embarrassing performance up at Youngstown, um, just the Valley, LA, you have a tough road game coming off a tough loss. You have to go right down the road to another conference foe, but this time it was one that was a new new to the conference and you got to see for the first time in a while and it's kind of a – they're kind of rivals with you and it's uh, some bad blood back in the day with uh, – Coach Kill's team and Murray State led uh, them not playing us for a while. We played them back in like 2018, but prior to this. But one you had to have and one that offensively, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit, but like didn't really, I mean, give you any hopes to, all right, offense is back. Um, we can trust on them, trust them coming up this week. But obviously, just like every week, we have no problem no worries with the defense. Defense always shows up, and they did in this one. Absolutely. They were great in multiple facets of it. Of just, And they rank so high up on so many defensive things. We'll have stats by the end of the week of where they rank, what they do. I kind of already saw a lot of them. But leading into this game, uh, and you're right, they did help us because there were those weird signs. We knew that we weren't going to have Deontay and Romir again. Uh, you know, and it's, it's not really at the – you know, it, Bucky Dent's fault because he quoted about, or just because we saw, we know the with the main Twitter account always posts the pictures of the defense and and offense, and they never edit them. Uh, I'm not even looking at the moment to know if they even edited Deontay out of them finally, but they still had Romir on. Yeah, they Zach Gibson's now on here, which you can even tell it's kind of a little bit a little bit more bold than maybe not have how the edit is, but they still had Romir on here. So Bucky tweeted because we know, you know, we both weren't able to make it. So, you know, Bucky tweeted about, you know, someone playing, he just, you know, gets fooled by that, by that post. And they talked about on the presser about it. And they were talking about, oh, yeah, the media needs to uh, get better at that on social media. But no, nonetheless, we had still a trio of Runners in this game, it was good to see Jalen Benefield back. But, again, you're missing two key offensive weapons. Clearly in a game like this, it did, it would not have mattered. And it did not matter, No, to start off the game. We got the ball first. And, you know, it's, it's a weird game, too, because there's moments in this game, maybe you'll dive into about even some penalties in this game from the offense and the offensive line where – you know, nothing like they had been doing all year. Really, it was at times it was just one guy. But, uh, no, we got a penalty to start the game on offense, first from scrimmage. But then the first play from scrimmage was one of the biggest biggest plays we've had all season, one of the biggest runs from someone in specific 
all season. Like I said, who needs Romero when you can still break off explosive plays like this? No, what play was that? And then, you know, again, we started off really strong, even on defense. We were able to come up with, you know, a play at the end. And the next thing you know, we're up decent before things started to spiral just a little bit in this game. How did, how did we kick off this game on offense? Yeah, obviously, I mean, first play, I mean, you mentioned it, false start on the offensive line. I forget exactly who it was on. Just not a good start. You're like, all right, here's here's this offense again, showing just very inconsistent play and just not starting out the game. But next play, uh, Justin Strong, I mean, he mentioned, we've talk, been talking about it a little bit. He mentioned the holes that the offensive line um, opens up, and he said even on the, I think um, after the game, he said, on the full start before they called it, he's seen the hole open. He's seen the hole kind of there. So on the next play, they called the same play and he broke it off for his career long rushing touchdown, career long run, 80 yard touchdown, uh, Jake green and Derek Harden opening up the, open up the hole on the left side. And he just took off. I mean, it didn't matter who, who was running back there. They were going to score on that play. So big play to start the game. I mean, just to see us, um, back the score i mean from big plays i mean we started the missouri state gap missouri state game with a big run like that for a touchdown and obviously defense was kind of playing um what i like to, what i like to call red zone roulette and this one um just letting letting yardage up kind of but once we got the red zone we buckled down and we were able to pick DJ Johnson picked off DJ Williams in the end zone. Like we saw last week with Mark Davis picking one off in the end zone. So let up some yards, but when it came to it, defense stood tall, Ben don't break. We've been saying it all year with this defense, they get a big time interception and he didn't try to take it off out of the end zone. So it was a touchback and our offense got going with the run game with a lot of LaShawn Lester in this last drive, some Isaiah Hartrip and Ryan Schwindem in the start for it. But a lot of Sean Lester in this second drive to get us down and we we're able to get to a, a fourth and three, but um, Thomas Burks, I mean, one, we can say we can, we're going to talk about special teams in this one, but at least we can say in this one, Thomas Burks is trying to finally starting to find a groove and hit some field goals. Yeah. And all it takes is like being cemented on a guy and telling him he's got the job, which for the most part, Thomas has been the guy from the start outside of Jake being the guy, maybe what Austin P and ever since then it's really been Thomas's job. Uh, so that's been a sign, you know, we, even with the confidence, but we know he's still missed, but you're right. He's been consistent, which is yeah, the only good part clearly of our specialists themselves. But even on that, you know, the first defensive drive where they were just slicing through us again, you know, shout out to DJ Williams. He's a big body guy. He's a veteran. Um, again, we never seen clearly we haven't played in the five years, but he missed last year. He's kind of just worked his way back and he was marching downfield. You know, they, we thought we were going to stop them at some points. You know, there's, you know, again, the, the only flaws of this defense is third down defense and third and 10, they found for 23 yards and they were able to get going. All the way down, P.J. Jules had a personal foul. We know that's been a thing with our defense as well sometimes. But, yeah, you're right. And they, they had a false start that negated them a little bit until he kind of forced the pass. Yeah, on first and goal at the nine, it's kind of like how we said Youngstown. You know, we how many breaks do we have to catch? You know, if, if Murray would have tied it here, we would have been like, okay, well, we don't know how this game is going to go. And so with Youngstown, we caught break with Mark catching one. And then, yeah, now D.J. Uh, intercepting DJ. So, yeah, a great start. And then you mentioned this drive. Uh, 
a lot of Isaiah too. It was six, it was 13, it was 10 for Isaiah. You mentioned Sean Lester. Yes, it's it's even with Justin, he had to probably have the oxygen after that run. We know he's been dealing with injuries. He still outran everybody and found it. Uh, but it's nice to be able to use different people, you know, and different drives. You And that's the kind of versatility and the kind of depth we want to have, even a running back, the four-headed dragon that we've continuously said, this is a game that can get Sean Lester going. Nick Hill did say that before before the game, even last week, about how he wanted to do that. But you're right, and then they go downfield again, you know, a lot of Cortez Jones to be able to make another run downfield for – about just a minute 40 and 45 plays and they get on the board with a field goal. And then, and then it was just an ugly fest for about three, about, you know, two, two different or two a piece of drives. We punted, they punted, we turn it over on downs, they turn it over on downs. And then we got a field goal shortly before half on a really nice drive. You would like to come out with six in this, but no, through this stretch here before the end of the half, when you were watching, uh, like I said, whether throughout this or not, there were some penalties still on the offensive line. I want to say, uh, you know, throughout this, Abdul Torre specifically had like back-to-back, I want to say, when I was able to listen to it a little bit, whether that was the stretch or not. But no, through this stretch, just because, again, we want we want to talk about special teams. We want to talk about Nathan Porney. And even what the numbers say on here, what's well, 30-something and then there's a 40-something throughout the rest of the game. But no, when was it that we had a botch, whether it was one of these or not? Could have been the downs play. Just absolute. This is whenever we get, you know, not confident in our offense to where what can we do the rest of the year when we can't do it against really bad teams. And, you know, Murray arguably had the worst. They by far have the worst defense in the Valley, I want to say statistical-wise, and definitely FCS. No, this was a tough stretch for us. Like, kind of got our confidence down a little bit thinking they were going to come back in this game. And then, like I said, we didn't know what kind of game it was going to be at this point. Yeah. I mean, just going back to the, the botch dropping the snap was Nathan Torney on one of the middle of the second quarter drives. I mean, we had, we got stalled out and just, it was a clean snap by Ross Pedro. Torney just drops it for a 14 yard loss. They just jump on it and gives them good field position, but Oh, this is our defense bailing out Nathan Torney and this special teams and our offense once again, where, I mean, a good, another goal line stand where a um, big play by Cam Bowdry to wrap up a guy and Mark Davis comes in and does what he's taught and puts that shoulder on the football and he's able to recover it and we get the ball. I mean, that's just, I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, we see it with kickers. We've seen that, all right, if he's not doing the job, we'll give somebody else a shot. I don't know what it's going to take for Torney to lose his job because averaging 35 yards a punt or something like that and dropping easy snaps, it's not like it was a bad snap uh, by Ross Pedro. I mean, it, it's getting unacceptable, and it's going to cost you football games. If it happens this Saturday, it's it's going to be absolutely not good for this football team. So it's something's got to change with him. I mean, I know we've been – we had Dalman Gibson last year, special teams coordinator, and now we have a somebody else. So I don't know what it's going to shake, but special teams is besides some of the offensive woes, special teams is the the main killer for this football team. Yeah, again, we do talk about it a lot, and I think it's worth talking about it. It's one of the few flaws of this team, even though that clearly does offensively has their own, defense has their own, minuscule on that side, but. Special teams is the reason why, again, we've at nauseum said 
15 times this season. It will cost us games. It will make it to where we don't win like we want to in the playoffs, or let alone get there if we blow games in that regard. Uh, you know, again, we, we always said we don't want to pile up on them, but it needs to be said, and even Nick was asked about it, you know, on his presser and stuff. And we talk about kind of the stubbornness of how coaches can be to where, you know, just because you – you know, you believe in a guy so much, you give him the job, you, you know, you have your own confidence in him to where you never will be proved wrong if you make a switch to where there's no doubt in our minds that Chase Reeves or true freshman Ethan Eddins can come in here and punt equally. We've talked about how when we see in warm-ups of the games we are at, when they come on the field first after halftime, he's booting them. But, and then also it's like, we know he's hitting them in practice. We were at the scrimmage, what, that one time, I and mean, it still wasn't a good punt in the game moments when he had no pressure on him, and then he gets the yips in games. It's like anybody can do good in practice and in warm-ups with nobody around him. He clearly just gets nervous in games. There's no other way to put it. You're right, Ross Pedro's perfect to that point, and then it's just all him. And, again, well, we need to harp on it because it is just a massive deal that will cost us in the end again. So it won't be the last time we talk about it. We probably will – there ain't no probably. We will punt in this next game, and we'll know exactly how we feel about him. And after that, that's how you know how you can compete against the best of the best when it comes to the playoffs, too. So um, you mentioned how that enormous uh, red zone stop, goal line stop. It's funny because Mark Davis actually got a pass interference on third and seven against him. They got them the first and goal at our two-yard line. And then, yeah, we were able to stop Cortez and then DJ twice. You're right. Cam Boudry swallowed him. And then Mark came in and then forced and recovered. So it's just massive. And then the fact that we're able to still go downfield after this pin within our own whatever, um, you know, Justin kicked us off right out of the four-yard line. The fact that, you know, you always want to run it when you're this close. And the fact that it works so well, he gets nine yards. And then, then it was a Sean Lester drive. And then we get a couple penalties to help the cause. Isaiah is great. Um, and then we go down and right before half, eight seconds that Thomas hits a 33-yarder to give us the 10-point halftime lead. So, again, it's not the best. You know, you're you're up two possessions, which is good. You want to see how Murray like, can come back in this game. You needed those points, though, because they did get the ball at a half, and yet they did. They barely did anything at all. Then they punted it. We talked about how they have a really good punter. His was 44 yards. He averages that. He's one of the best in the league, one of the best, best in the FCS. But we matched them, and then they and then they punted again. So it was kind of just a again the start you didn't want in the second half. But no, we ended up scoring on the second drive of the half. What happened within that drive, and then it was finished off by a play we haven't seen yet. You mentioned to me how heck we got that, and now everybody knows we do this. It was a, it was a good play though that ended up finding the end zone to give us that seventeen point lead. Yeah, offensive line um, finding their groove in this one, especially in this drive. A lot of Justin Strong, Vincent Davis. Sean Lester in this in this drive just finding holes 13 yard gain on the ground five yard 13 and finally uh we've seen it before I mean Nick Hill getting in his bag of tricks I said on the tweet motioning Nick Baker out wide and Vincent Davis taking the taking the snap and wildcat and just a run right up the middle for an easy nine yard score I mean offensive line did their job be able to run some clock and get in a groove here and take a 20 to three lead um, to pretty much put the nail in the coffin for Murray state. Yeah. The fact that when we see those plays, 
you know, you don't want to be too obvious. Yeah, we have a speed guy back there. Hey, excuse me, we have Javon Williams back there. He's a bulldozer. We know what they're going to do. So it's even this is the play where exactly how it looks, it happens. So now if you ever use it again, you know you have to do a wrinkle. You're not going to be able to use it as well against good teams compared to what you can against Murray. Maybe they just wanted to use it against Murray. Hopefully we see it again. It was creative. But, yes, it gave us that lead that that definitely ended up sinking them because then there were there were six straight punts, three by each team. And, again, just the the corpse of what we want to be offensively, but our defense is, is, hand, is handling tough. You know, they got they got to combine here if I'm looking right – Five yards and then a negative 14 yards, what our defense allowed on those three possessions to allow them to punt. And, heck, even us ourselves got like 14 total on these and however many plays. So just ugly football. But then they ended up, you know, snapping out of it themselves for one last drive, nine plays, 75 yards, three minutes to get on the board with another field goal. You think, you know, how the heck are they going to – it was gone anyway, but they were going to settle for 29 yarders, fourth and goal. Uh, and they weren't going to go for it, even though they knew it was it was out of reach. But even through these punts, you just look at again. There's Orion Phillips, forty yards. Orion Phillips, fifty yards, and then Torney did have a forty-three yarder in there. But uh, and then they scored, and then again we scored again on ten plays, seventy-four yards, long, long drive. It was led by Sean Lester, and they let him finish it off. We saw a little sprinkled Jalen Benefield in here, but Sean finished it off for the touch, two-yard touchdown, third and goal. That did end the game, and that was the final uh, – that was the final score. Ubed Steed did get an interception at the end of the game, which is good. He's been he's been steady. You know, he's a good name. We've honestly have barely talked about it. seems like he had the pick at Northern Illinois. He led us in tackles still at Youngstown and stuff. He's, he's kind of been steady. He's been a, he's been a nice addition. And this is especially one we like that has eligibility. And even he might know a guy that we're in, that we're in on in the portal that we've seen as well. So good game from the bed, Steve way to finish off that game. So it was a 27 to six W uh, we talked about what the spread could be on the preview. We were saying, and you said how you kind of confused yourself of what you wanted to say in that game. I said like seven and a half. I just wasn't sure, you know, how they could deem anybody especially on the road or blah, blah, blah. But no, it ended up being three scores. So it was the biggest push of this game was the 21 points that we covered that the spread was to start the game. I'm not sure what the over-under was. That obviously hit the under. Uh, but no, in this game, you know, before you get your thoughts on that, you know, obviously some more some more takeaways itself. Nick obviously broke the, the yards record in this game. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, some of the things that maybe would have stood out, I did see Alan Middleton got a couple snaps at the end of the game. Uh, so those kind of things you see. Uh, Alan hasn't made it in many games, so his four-game mark hasn't hit exactly. But that's whenever I streamed it near the very end, I saw Alan. But, um, you know, again, the, the push of a lifetime of this, if people bet it and, you know, losing money or not, right on the brink, We it's so funny seeing that a lot of the time. But, no, again, it was a win we needed to have by the scores, no matter how it was. Uh, again, so, you know, your overall thoughts, final thoughts on this game, your thoughts on how the offense played clearly of it, and then if you have some dogs of the game that you witnessed in this game, who would it be? Yeah, definitely it's just one of those where it's kind of a – you hear the old cliche, well, I'm not going to put anything on tape, just be very vanilla about this and just – we know we're better than this team and we're going to go down there and get a win. And that's basically kind of offensively what it looked like. And saw. I mean, 
we know after the game, Justin Strong said that the offense uh, said that they're going to go get 250 rushing yards, and that's what their goal was. So um, they got that. They rushed for 270. Um, that's big time between him getting 14 carries for 128 yards, had the 80-yarder. Sean Lesser got 14 for 85 and a touchdown. Jalen Benefield got 12 carries, 40 yards. Vincent Davis had two for 22. I mean, having those guys get the offensive line, we know I called the offensive line soft last week. They just got manhandled by Youngstown, and they knew they could step up and go back to work, and that's what they did this week in practice. And they finally said, let's go to it. I mean, and they did that, so – I'd almost give it to the offensive line and those in that running back room. If I would go offensive dog, the game and just some other offensive takeaways did see Jay Jones in this one, saw him out there playing receiver early in the first half. So that's one, like where the heck have you been all year? And it's just when the offense is struggling, you got to find guys to try to get the ball. Didn't get any targets. So, um, but that's another, we know the untapped potential he has and we can go get some of that. And, if we get Deontay back, this offense can maybe find a groove, but to be able to gr- control offensively the possession we did and just get on drives, even if they end in field goals, get some points and give your defense a rest because we know what our defense is capable of. Um, so offensively, just still inconsistent, trying to find a groove, but it looked a lot of vanilla. Hey, we're just going to run it down their throats because that's how we're going to win this football game and save a lot of other stuff till we get Deontay in a full healthy room offensively than defensively. I really like what I saw. Um, Adam Mark Davis in this one. He was a very good, very good corner in this one, right up with their, one of their best receivers. I like what I saw to Mark um, force that fumble at the goal line, doing what he's taught and uh, good for him. Saw a lot of it. Um, not a lot, a lot of tackles in this one from different guys. Uh, I mean, PJ led the way with six. Usually our leaders up around the double digit mark. So like what I saw from Mark defensively in this one did that the PI earlier in the game, but then uh, obviously Thomas Burks being perfect on field goals and extra points again, that's big time by him. So he's found a groove and he's staying in it. That's good for him. Special teams wise. We just got to find a different punter at this point, but obviously Overall, it's a win we needed. It's not what I wanted. I wanted to go down there and be able to second half, or at least fourth quarter-wise, see some younger guys get snaps and get some playing time, but that's not what happened. But this is a win we had to have, and we got it done. Yeah, you're right. I remember saying how this is a game you wanted to dominate throughout and then get, yes, a lot of young guys in, get all your starters out to not risk any more injury before these home stretch of games. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the 250 mark. Yes, they made that an emphasis after the game. They talked about it, but yeah, before the game, they they said they wanted. It's crazy how and we you know kind of joked after about hey, if you're gonna set like these goals for games, set out like some other ones, and you know at this rate they're one for one. They might you know do the rest of them, and we talked about what those could be even in the next game if they even started to do that. But again. I, I keep doing it until you prove it doesn't work. You need to set – I'm sure teams do set goals, but the fact that they made this one such an emphasis after the fact, and clearly it helps if Justin breaks off an 80-yarder. If he doesn't break off 80 yards, unless he gets more and more attempts throughout the game, well, one, who knows how, how much the game plays out, but I don't know if they get the number. So they did luck out in that regard on 50 total 
rushes for those 270. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say that was the best part of the game. I'm glad again because I would have forgot to say that. I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned that. But yeah, overall, you know, even the game from Vincent Davis who gets three for 51 in the air and then gets two for 22 on the ground again. That's how you need to use a guy like that. And it was thanks to the rush he had for the touchdown. But again, that's how you use multifaceted guys. You mentioned Jay Jones. It is good to see him in the game. We talked about how maybe non-conference it's where, you know, guys who you you know aren't going to play don't make the trip at all, but let alone, you know, in conference now they're able to, and then you see them in the game and granted he played because yeah, we're out kind of outnumbered at the receiver, but even like Cal Weideman, you know, Jay Jones is on the depth chart too, but we haven't seen Cal Weideman really at all. We were kind of excited for him of how we get, you know, mixed in here. I mentioned we saw Allen near the end of the game. Um, but overall, yeah, a good, a really good game from Isaiah. We mean, he was kind of scuffling just a little bit. He had 10 targets in this game. was great, 6 for 63. Zach did have 3 of 18. He did get Schwindeman going more. He's clearly more of a red zone threat. He will have some nice things to get you downfield. We mentioned the tough breaks he had to start the year. But overall, you know, it, it was not pretty one bit. But you're right, a a, a, a game we needed to just win by as many as we did, no matter how it happened, even though, again, your confident, you know, confidence level is going into other big games isn't really there. You know, you were frustrated with uh, Coach Roland and obviously Nick throughout this game, rightfully so. You know, what the plays were, how, you know, everything like that was. So, overall, it was just a weird game. But one you needed to get through to get to 5-1 and one for sure. Uh, Nick was 14 of 2337. We mentioned how he did pass the passing yards record. So, good for him passing Joel. He's only eight touchdowns away now because he hasn't even thrown for one the last two games. Uh, so... He's still eight away. I was funny going into that game. I said, yeah, he, he should get it in the next, you know, three or four games. And he's been awful since then. But uh, not only him. And I agree just because you watched it. I'll believe your dogs of the game uh, of who it is as well. Um, and then we mentioned how, you know, we're already at five wins, which is what we had all of last year. So we know it's been a win-win so far to this point. Uh, Noah, what were some quick uh, some quick games around the valley? There was a just a, some huge wins inside the conference. What were those real fast before we round this thing out? Yeah, there were some really good games around the valley and around the FCS. Uh, around the valley this past week, um, just saying, uh, we saw Missouri State go take their last or potentially their last conference trip uh, to Macomb and beat beat Western Illinois forty eight forty eight to seven. So they get back on the winning ways. It was no Jacob Clark. So um, with the backup quarterback putting up 48, it just tells you how bad Western is. South Dakota State, who we play this week, took care of business against Northern Iowa and Theo Day, 41-6. to Illinois State took care of Indiana State, 44-7. Then the two best games of the day, North Dakota takes down North Dakota State at home, 49-24. That means – um, North Dakota State's a, probably going to be the get swept by the all the Dakotas because I expect SDSU to take care of them. So going to have three losses for for the first time in a while for North Dakota State. That's a big win for North Dakota. Then the other one, Youngstown goes on the road and loses to South Dakota, thirty four thirty one. Ended up closer than it was throughout the most of the game. I think. Youngstown trailed 31 to 10 midway through the third quarter, but they, they climbed their way back into it. Didn't give up, but they lose a close one on the road. So some really good games um, in the Valley this past weekend. Then just some 
real quick, other FCS. SEMO gets their second win of the year over Eastern Illinois, who potentially had a chance to uh, win the OVC, but that's not going to happen now. Um, I guess SEMO's still alive. Then Montana goes on the road, upsets uh, Idaho. So what I said about Montana being fake, just getting their name recognition has been wrong, I guess, now. UC Davis beats Weber State on the road. Montana State kicks care of business against Cal Poly. So some big games around the around the FCS, but some interesting games this weekend in the FCS or in the Missouri Valley. Yeah, we've learned today that South Dakota and North Dakota are perennial playoff teams, and they are threats. North Dakota kicking North Dakota State's ass like that is honestly wild. And then South Dakota State and Youngstown, or South Dakota and Youngstown was an awesome game, uh, which is what we kind of predicted standings-wise. Who is leading the Valley? South Dakota State is 3-0. South Dakota 3-0. We're 2-1, along with Illinois State, North Dakota, and UNI. Everyone else 1-2. Yeah, North Dakota State is on pace to lose everything you said there and struggle the rest of the year. They'll have the same quarterback next year. So we'll see if they end up deciding, yeah, let's make a change. Uh, in, the F- in the AFCA top 25, we are now 12th. Other than that, uh, we are around 9 or 10 amongst everybody else's. We'll talk about this more uh, as the week goes on. I think Jamie Williams had us at 8 uh, which is the highest I've seen. Uh, Chase Evans was the Missouri Valley Offensive Lineman of the Week. 94% grade, six knockdowns, no sacks allowed. Shout out to Chase, the best we have on that line. Um, quickly, there was uh, a mixed presser. We talked about, of course, we'll talk about this more at the end of the week. Roe Elliott will not play still. Uh, Nick reiterated that. And then you mentioned, yes, we will see Deontay Cox next game. More on that on Friday. And then another quick thing here, the NFL Salukis. Jeremy didn't have any stats in the loss against the Dolphins. We're thinking he's definitely going to get traded at this rate. They posted him before the game. It was odd. Uh, but you got to play some of your best players. That means he probably will be gone. That's the biggest unfortunate to see. Uh, Ryan Niels had six tackles in the loss against the Lions. And then Michael had one for nine in the loss against the Commanders. So all three of those guys lost until we found out a uh, familiar face, Craig James, who was on the Jet, who dominated for the Jets, in the preseason, didn't make the 53-man roster. Could have easily been a special team king. We know that's what he is. He is an ace on that regard. He had to play because there was no Sauce Gardner, no whoever else in the Jets' backfield or uh, in the secondary. And he had one tackle, but he had one huge red zone pass breakup in this game, and the Jets beat the Eagles. So this shows that Craig needs to stay on the roster. I feel like when I was listening to the radio parts on Saturday – Luke Martin and them actually do their own NFL Salukis thing. And he mentioned Craig getting the call up. So I remember hearing it at that point. Didn't think he would have as big of an impact as he did. And he did in that huge win, saved a touchdown. So, again, overall. Real quick on Craig. uh, Go ahead. Real quick on Craig. I mean, 41 defensive snaps, targeted only twice, zero catches allowed. And you mentioned that one big pass breakup. PFF made him the second highest graded defensive player for the Jets. I mean, it's just a great, great story for Craig. We've seen when we, we talked about when they cut him, how can you cut a special team ace and a really good depth piece back after the preseason then brought back because of injuries. Just a great story for Craig, keeping the, the dream alive and putting more SIU Salukis on the, on the map. Yeah, shout out to Ari for that stat, the My Sports Update guy. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, yeah, great story. He should be on the team the rest of the year, so – Again, it was it was a really nice win. Noah, your final thoughts here at the very end before we head into, like I said, the biggest game of the week. We can't wait to talk about on Friday. 
Yeah, it's a it's a win we needed, so it's good to always be being. I know being two and zero against regional rivals. I don't. I know it's just two wins for this football team, but um, beating those two teams and just getting back on the winning ways, trying to play some Saluki football and go to work this week. Correct what offensively what didn't work this week and get back to work and hopefully get Deontay back healthy and show up to a big homecoming crowd. I know. I expect probably I'm gonna say just a preview of what I think now. I'd say at least twelve thousand I'm hoping for, but get ready for that game and put all aside and give the number one team in the country your best shot. Yeah, I've already seen some things that their head coach has said about us. We'll talk about it on Friday that they expect a big crowd as well. And of course so do we. It should be fun. It's good to be five and one, two and one in the league. Uh, amongst and right before this huge game this weekend, it'll it'll be really fun to talk about on Friday, which is when we'll come to you guys next. So for Nick Malone, no alerts. As always, see you then. Go dogs. <laughs>